0: it's been a fun few weeks. Um, I feel like we're still kind of recovering from the 4th of July party over at the Ashcraft's house, that wiffle ball game I'm still a little sore from. It was good. (laughs) Right. Um, man, sounds like the baby shower was fantastic. Now it's just ticking down the days until little Rory is here. How exciting. Um, and I did, I need to retract a statement. I said that we all would be in the delivery room singing, and I just want to take that back. There's just going to be six people in the delivery room, and we'll have a raffle for that. Um, so um, Sarah gave the okay on that, and I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the song, the singing doula. If you don't know what that is, you have to go look it up. Right? Right. Anyway, how fun is this? It's great. I know uh, the Miller boys are heading off to Swamp Camp today, which is so fun. Uh, that is such a great place uh, to be, uh, to hang out. I know we've worked in the kitchen before. I think last year we might, we might have ruined Swamp Camp last year, but uh, it recovered. So that was, that was great. Uh, let's go to God in Prayer. Uh, Father, we um, we are so grateful that we can come to you confidently. Father, thank you, uh, God, because the words that you use to describe yourself is so are so powerful. Father, you are holy. You are love, Father. I, it's phenomenal because um, you don't just give descriptions of those words. You are the def- the definition. Of love and holiness, Father. Um, And and we just, we want to be closer to you. We want to be radiant with your love, Father. We want to be changed. I pray that you do open our, the eyes of our heart today, Father. Um, And not just for a day or an hour or a few minutes, but where we are changed because we know you change us, uh, Father. And, And there is so much resistance. I know I know in me, God, in my best day, there is resistance. My sinful nature wants to resist you, Father. And I pray that you will uh, just dig in to every one of our hearts, Father, in whatever areas that we are, like just hoarding our own will, that we are hiding sin, um, whatever it is, Father. I pray that your light overpowers that and that the product of that, God, is loving you and loving people, and Father, please teach us, we, we don't know how to do that well. None of us do, Father, and I pray that you will help us and break through all the know it allness in our heart, God, to follow you uh, in, in complete need of what you have, uh, Father, your power and your love and your grace and your mercy, Father. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, you can turn over to Matthew 16, uh, follow me. We are still going on that. And remember all the way back in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus, wow, just the, the two verses that you could do quiet times on, you could preach sermons on, is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That pretty much sums up everything me and you ever need to know about Jesus and discipleship. He tells us the gospel in those two verses. He tells us that. And if you're going, hold on a minute, Keith, I don't see the gospel there. Then go back and look through and spend time just meditating on that. Because the good news is that God did not leave us here on this earth to perish. The good news is in repent for the kingdom of heaven is near the king has come for all of us. All right. The gospel is totally encapsulated that. And then. And then here's where we, I think we found this out by studying this gospel of Matthew is the easy thing for all of us to do is to stop and think that a salvation conversion experience is all that matters. Okay. And I think it's really easy for us to look at other places and other churches and denominations and say, see, they're about the conversion. They're about like walking the aisle and accepting Jesus and all these things. But the truth of the matter is, is every one of us has that culture infused into us, which is, which is, uh, we can define ourselves as Christians by a conversion experience rather than a life lived following Jesus, all right? Like we couldn't, like in, in our minds, you know, we think of watch your life and your doctrine closely, but really we're like, Watch your doctrine closely. Because you could have a whole messed up life and it's going to be okay. Except we don't see that. In fact, how much have we studied about conversion experience with Jesus so far? What he has spent so far is, no, follow me. Like, watch how he does things. Watch how he loves Watch how he interacts. Watch how he talks to religious folks, okay? And I know we always think he gets angry, but he doesn't. I know we always think that that's like like our ticket is Jesus, you know, throwing tables over us. That's how you have to talk to religious people, but he doesn't do that. And we learn from him, not from us. Not from, but but, no, 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 but so-and-so taught me how to do it this way. There's only one so-and-so in our lives, if we're Christians, it's Jesus, okay? We either learned it from him, or we're doing it the wrong way. And he has this model, and he's been walking with us through it. Matthew 16 is the turning point to his ministry, all right? He's going to reveal something he hasn't revealed yet to his followers. Now, these guys have already followed. They're like, no, I'm with you. We want to learn. In fact, remember, he's already sent them out one time. They've already gone out and they have healed and proclaimed the gospel and spent time in people's homes. All right. And they've come back to him. So there's been a a large amount of teaching so far. And not only just like this head knowledge of sitting and learning, but now go and take it and apply it to your life. okay. and that's hopefully a question that all of us are asking ourselves every day. okay. is this idea of am I? following Jesus every day, like, every, am I having an ongoing conversation with Jesus, okay, that was one of the things Royce brought up at midweek, was this idea of, he gives us our, the Holy Spirit inside of us, okay, because it's our counselor, it's our, you know, walking alongside of us, it's meant that we have a conversation back and forth of, what do you want me to do right now, how do you want me to love, please teach me how to love, right here, teach me how to, please, you know, let me follow you, okay? This constant conversation, God has totally, like, just in, enveloped us in his, in who he is, so that we would follow him, okay? I want you to just think of this year, we're halfway, you know, we look, this, this week we were in, it's about the halfway point of the year, right? Has this become head knowledge or is it starting to sink down into your heart where you're going, okay, it's good to know about following Jesus, but when I walk out of bed in the morning, I'm actually applying this, all right? That's just so important, all right? Because there's a difference between the idea of just, I know the concept, okay? And Jesus is actually going to get into this here. In the beginning of Matthew 16, he tells this really great story. You know, it's funny because a lot of times when we enter into a gathering, a corporate gathering or a group, a small group, a family group, uh, a soul talk, whatever it is, oftentimes what happens is we enter it and we turn our brains off. Like a lot of times we think, oh man, you know, the the Bible is, you know, you, you either think you know it perfectly or it's completely unknowable. Like, you're just like, it's this kind of just bunch of stories and allegories and symbols. And it's so hard to, to understand this, okay? And Jesus is actually going to, like, admonish us all right here to a certain degree, okay? And he starts out, I'm not going to read the first 11 verses or so, but he says, uh, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came up to him to kind of question him and, and say, man, you know, let me, let me test you. We've watched you. We've seen you okay, and, and tell us about yourself, and, and Jesus says, you know, what's interesting is, is that you can look at the sky at night, and you can tell if it's going to rain the next day, or you can look at the sky in the morning, and you can tell if it's going to be nice that day. Have you guys ever heard that, like, little sailor terminology, right? Red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at the morn, sailors take warn, you know, have you ever thought about that? I and I look at that, and it's really amazing that works, okay? It actually does. You go, oh, man, a red sky at night, sailor the next day is generally nice. It's really weird, okay? If, if that's your takeaway from this lesson, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you to, like, soften your heart to Jesus, okay? If you're like, I'm going to prove Keith wrong that one day this year it's going to be a red sky at night and rain the next day. I'm like, okay, amen. You win. I'm just saying. Jesus actually used this, and he said, "You know, people say this." He says, "You want to know what we do? We understand the thing. We we connect the dots, right? We go, man. You know, one of the things that we end up even doing that's kind of weird is the little um, what's the guy that comes out and he looks at the shadow and, and and we're going, oh, six more weeks of winter or something like that. And right and 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 we have this idea and this this desire to like connect these dots in life, and then we forget." that if we don't learn to like connect the dots, Jesus stays like this two-dimensional guy, all right? That, that's the fear is, is without, he even tells them, he goes, you guys don't understand me, okay? Because understanding has to do about seeing the three-dimensional view of Jesus, okay? And he tells them this and he goes, you guys are able to connect the dots, but you guys don't understand me. Like, you've seen me. He's telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he's saying, guys, you've, you've seen me. And you, you know the Bible, the Old Testament. It wasn't the Old Testament at the time, right? Because you know the word of God. Like, how do you know by the color of a sky about the weather, but you don't even, you haven't even connected enough dots to see I'm right in front of you, okay? And the truth of the matter is we can do that too. We can follow like this two-dimensional Jesus that is just kind of like we just see him in whatever chapter we're in in the Bible. Like, that's him. We haven't connected the dots from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation. This completely, we have a better opportunity today to do that than they did back then. Okay? And it takes, it's just being honestly enthralled with Jesus. I want to learn everything about him. And he's saying this here. He's saying, guys, but then he asks his people the question, okay? Um, and in fact, he tells like this little funny story, and I, I skipped over that, but he said, he said, guys, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he kind of exposes their two-dimensionality there, okay? And, and all of a sudden, they get worried. Like, oh, dang, you forgot the bread again, didn't you? <laughs> like, remember what just happened? He just fed 5,000. And Jesus going, he going, and, and they're so like, Like, not seeing the three dimensional Jesus, okay? That he says something about yeast, and they're like, dang, Peter, did you bring it? Did you? Come on. Matthias, didn't you bring the bread this time? Like, who has the stinking bread? Okay? I mean, they're like, oh my goodness, he's talking about bread again. Jesus' like, dang, I have, where have you come from? I mean, can you imagine at that point, Jesus' ministry and him going, oh my goodness, what have I done? All right. Hey, listen, we've all been a part of ministries where you're like, holy mackerel, struggling. Boy, this is struggling right here. Okay, it's like Jesus himself is like, wow. Verse seven, as they discussed among themselves, uh, we didn't bring any bread aware of this. Jesus says you have little faith, like the idea that we don't connect the dots, he says is a faith issue. He says, you don't understand me. You have little faith. Why are are you discussing among yourselves that you do not have bread? Don't you understand yet? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you collected or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you collected? Why is it you don't understand when I told you beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees that it wasn't about bread he's saying guys here's the deal that is going to help us like understand this depth and breadth of Jesus is that we remember what he's already done and we don't go backwards into faithlessness he's like why would you talk about bread like you actually saw me feed over 9,000 people with no bread practically like where is your faith like, I've already done that in your life. I mean, for us, it's a question to ask ourselves, how many, things have we, how many times have we seen Jesus work? And then we go through, like, a season of faithlessness, and we open our eyes again, or God opens our eyes, and we go, wow, I can't believe I didn't act more faithfully. I've seen him do this before. It happens quite a bit, I think, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really do. I think that we have these kind of faith, and we, and we forget. And he's like, no, 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 don't forget. I'm not talking about bread, okay? And that's not even this whole point. He's like, guys, I want you to understand, like, me. Okay, like, I want you to understand everything about me. And then they understood that he didn't tell them to beware of the yeast and bread, but the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Okay. So a little, he kind of starts out and he kind of warms them up a little bit on, man, guys, look at everybody does this great job of like understanding things, but I'm telling you to understand me, understand Jesus, understand why I do things, understand what my mission is, understand what my purpose is, understand what I'm trying to accomplish right here. Here's the interesting thing is, is we don't see that he's already begun building the church. He's already done it, and he's done it with one person at a time. He's going, you want to know what? When one person follows me, the church begins. When two people follow me, the church begins. It isn't a matter of, let me take this corporate group and get them all to behave the same way. It's the idea of when individuals begin following Jesus, he builds us into his church. Okay, he's already done this, and he wants us to understand that. He wants me and you to get that, okay? And then Jesus came to the region. He's with his guys again in Caesarea Philippi. And he asked them a question. Who do people say the Son of Man is? This is a great, I always picture Jesus having like a campfire with his guys. You know, sitting around a campfire and saying, okay, hey, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they are eager to answer. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them. Okay. Here's when I read that. When, when I read that, here's what I want those two words to do in my heart, okay, is the, those are some of the most profound words, is this, no, but you. Like when I read it, I'm thinking, hold on a minute, Jesus isn't going like, he doesn't want a philosophy, he doesn't want what I think everybody else should be doing, he doesn't want my critique on what everybody should change, he's looking right at me and going, no, 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 stop a minute. That's great that you guys are theologians. And you think the son of man is Elijah. And you think the son of man is John the Baptist. And that's great. And doesn't that happen sometimes in Christianity? Is we think having the greatest thought is what makes us disciples. Like we get around and we can have great thoughts about things. And we can have thoughts about any number of topics. It's fascinating. Do you think there were any social issues going on in Jesus' time? Quite a few. There was a ton of injustice. Slavery was rampant. Over a third of the population was in slavery. Okay? The family didn't exist. I mean, you want talking talk about broken families? You're talking about it was normal for a husband to have a wife for procreation and a girlfriend for recreation. Could you imagine that? Think about that in your household, in your family. What would your family look like? If your children were growing up and they knew, dad doesn't love mom. See, dad's got someone else and she doesn't love us. In fact, she hurts mom. All right, there's a lot of social issues. Isn't it amazing how few social issues Jesus actually talks about? Because he has the cure for every single one of them. Sometimes we do the opposite. We sit around trying to find the theological cure for every social issue. Jesus was like, no, no, I do have that, I have that. Like, like when you follow me, all right, you will. And he, but, but here's the thing is, but you. Yeah, but, 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 but Jacob, he did, you know, he's getting away with something. Right? But, but Josh wasn't it. But he's wearing slippers in church, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, and, and here's the truth of the matter is, is we actually. But, but what about this person? And, and, I, and I'd do better if that person did something else. And Jesus is going, I want you to picture this, okay? Jesus is going, just stop it. But you, who do you say I am? Because that's what matters. Here's the thing about this is, Lindsay doesn't get to change what Juliana said, who said, he says Jesus is. Lindsay can deal with who she says Jesus is. And this is one of the most profound questions he asks his entire ministry. Who do you say I am? We we really, we've got to stop and let that sink down. And this has got to go beyond this morning. That's the question. Who do you say I am? I want you to think about that. Who do you say I am? This is the thing. As As I was going through this, I was, I was writing this down in my journal. Jesus is... I want you to think about how you would fill in the blank. I want you to think about this throughout the week. I want you to think about this in your quiet time. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is my King. Jesus is the fulfillment of God. Jesus is the fullness of God in bodily form. How would you fill in? Jesus is, okay? Peter goes on, he says, after Jesus says this, but you, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. You didn't listen to all the theologians that were saying Elijah and, and John the Baptist and all that kind of stuff. You want to know what? My Father put that inside of you. And you knew it. You were the Messiah, the Son of the living God. It says you are blessed because flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. And I also say that you, Peter, uh, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the forces of Hades will not over. Power it. Just kind of a side note here, he isn't, he is not right here giving Peter the kingship to the church. Jesus is the king of the church. Yeah. Jesus is the Lord of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. He is not conferring anything to Peter right now, okay? But he is saying, What I'm going to build my church on is you are the Son of God. The son of you're the son of man, the son of the living God. That's what the church is going to be built on right there. Okay, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. And he gave the disciples orders to tell no one that he was the Messiah. Verse 21. From then on, here's the turning point. Okay, whenever you read the Gospel of Matthew. From then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, scribes, and that he would be killed and raised on the third day. All right, this is brand new. He says from that time, our training has stopped. Okay, at this moment, I'm going to tell you everything about me right now. Can you imagine how heavy that would be? We get a little glimpse of it, and it's not even a godly glimpse. When we when we hear about some kind of like tragic diagnosis or something, all right. When we hear when we hear about a tragedy, when we hear something, we're like, "Oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting that." Wow. Oh, are you serious? Right? Can you imagine spending years with Jesus? And him saying, now I'm going to tell you guys something, and it's, it, this is everything that I'm about right now. If you want to understand Jesus, we have to understand this part. He says, we're going to Jerusalem now. And in, fact, in fact, they begin going to the cross from this chapter. Okay? He starts walking there to Jerusalem. He says, I'm going there to suffer. I'm going there to die. I'm going there, and you're going to see people do things to me that you could not imagine them doing. All right, this is a scary talk he's having with these guys. He's like that, man, he, he was their confidence. He was the guy that gave them all their power. He was their security blanket after they left everything. And he said, but let me tell you something. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. This will never happen to you. I know some, we give Peter a hard time sometimes. He's like, come on, Peter, don't you get this? But the truth of the matter is, what a loyal man. I mean, think about it. Peter's like, no, 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 I can't handle that. I wonder if we should have that response more. Like, no, 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 if I could stop it, I would. just. I, I, yeah, I don't get the big picture yet. But Peter's just speaking again from two-dimensional dimensional thinking is, hold on a minute. I had this head knowledge that you were the son of God. But I didn't put two and two together. I didn't do that until just now. And it scares me. I wonder if we love that way. Like it's so, pe- we're like, no, 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 no. Whatever I have to do to keep that from happening. Whatever I have to do to protect you, Jesus. Whatever needs to happen, you can't do that. And then this is a really touching part because it goes down and, I, and you know, we're so, we're so addicted to rebuke. Like some of us, man, that's the only parts of the Bible we know. Like we think that is like the singular thing. And when we read about it, we're just like, oh, that's so awesome. He's just like, you know, but this is so touching to me because he does say, get behind me, Satan. Okay, get behind me. And and here's what he says here. Uh, He says, uh, you are a stumbling block to me because you're not thinking of God's concern. You're thinking of men's concerns. And that tells us something about Jesus' heart. He says, Peter, you're tempting me to not do this. Like you're touching a part of my heart that I want to listen to you. Like I want to go, yeah, okay, Peter, you're probably right. I don't have to go to the cross. And Jesus is there and he's going, no, 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 hold on a minute. I don't need that in my life. You've got to stop telling me that. Okay. And that's the same with us too. There are times that we try to shield one another from going through things, okay? And that's the last thing we need to hear. You don't need to hear. Somebody's coming to you complaining about a brother or sister. They don't need your empathy. They need you to go stop it right now. Satan has fooled you into thinking that complaining and grumbling about your brothers and sisters is okay. Okay, we've got to say, hold on, stop it right now, Okay? Because you're listening to Peter. You're not listening to Jesus. You're listening to Peter go, no, 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 no. no. Tell me your feelings and come out and tell me and tell me what they did to you and tell me all of these things. That's what a human would say. God said, you stop it right now. We need to be that way with each other. Okay. We have got to have the concerns of God in mind and not men. Okay? But we can be more like Peter, which is like, no, 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 I don't want anything to happen. No, 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 I want this. No, no, come out. I want you to feel heard and I want you to, no, nope, 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 nope. When we understand, okay, what he's building, he's building the church. It's amazing. What point did we decide that the church was going to have to be like everyone perfectly mature at the same time for the church to work? When did that happen in your life? When did that happen where you thought that, man, no, 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 I can be impatient with that person. When did it come where, when did it click into your mind? Because the truth of the matter is that's not Jesus telling you that. The three-dimensional Jesus is not saying that. The three-dimensional Jesus is saying, you want to know what? I know it's hard being around people because everyone thinks you know, there's a great book, Everyone's Normal Till You Get to Know Him. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yep. <laughs> and Jesus say, man, it's a, you think you're normal in a world of abnormal people, and I'm going to tell you all to love each other and follow me. Okay? And he tells them this, and this really is touching to me because Jesus is a soft part of his heart that I'm reading here. And it's like, no, 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 that's a stumbling block. It's a temptation. Like, no, I want to I wanna hear somebody tell me I don't have to do the will of God. I want to hear that so badly. And we want that too sometimes, huh? You ever, you ever re- react if a brother or sister has told you something you didn't want to hear? You, you, I can't describe that feeling except I know how it feels in me. Like it wells up, huh? Like you feel it, like right here, huh? Like you were just like, you know, that is not what I wanted to hear. I, listen, what I want you to hear, I want you to tell me that Jesus loves me. And it's going to be okay. I want you to tell me that do whatever you had in mind to do, and that's okay with Jesus. Okay? Except Jesus goes on after this. He doesn't stop. He says, here's the thing. If anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, they should live their own lives, know I love them, and never feel guilty about anything. And you know what's interesting is this teaching comes after him saying, I'm going to do this for real. Like, I'm going to ask you and my people to do this in their lives. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Die to yourselves on this earth. But listen, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I won't do. In fact, I'm going to do it. I'm going to one up you. I'm going to let them beat me and spit on me and defame me and crucify me and torture me and say I'm something I'm not. I'm going to do that and rise on the third day so y'all will know you can do that in your life. Okay, But it all comes around one thing. Who do you say I am? Because if me and you answer that question of you're a good guy, we're not going to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. If, if, If Jesus is something that's not in the Bible, our lives will represent that. How would you fill in this statement? I want you to really think about that this week. It doesn't have to be right now. But every single day, it's going to take more than five minutes. Jesus is who, okay? And here's the interesting thing is, is whoever we say Jesus is, all right, does it match up with how we live. Okay, so if we go to the office, Starbucks, Uh, in my front room, you know, wherever you go. Where do you go class my brother's room (laughs) wherever I go does this add up with this. Like like I go into the world and and what if everyone knows about me that all I do is give into my worry and complaining. It doesn't matter what I say this is. It doesn't matter that I say Jesus is Lord. If when I go out into the world, there's two things that happen is that this has to be uh, cultivated in secret. And then we go out and there are two things that happen. Our lips and our lives answer this question for the world. And so that's the thing is, is, is I can have all the quiet times in the world about who I say he is. This is the one that matters to Jesus. Like when you walk out of your bed, the secret place, when you walk out of there, would people go, he's doing that or she's doing that? Because Jesus is Lord, King, Messiah, the fullness of God, all powerful, the king, the head of the church. This is what matters. Our lips and our lives Hebrews 13, look, look over there. This is such a good, Hebrews 13 is so good. All of Hebrews is fantastic, okay? You no, know, just read that chapter. But, but Hebrews 13 says this, okay? I, I love any time a Bible writer uses the word continually. It's like, well, when do I put it, when, when do I put that into my schedule? <laughs> like, how am I supposed to do that in my schedule? Like, how is that supposed to happen? And here's the truth of the matter is, is is we got to go back to that secret place and figure that out. Hold on, what, continually? Okay, he says this right here, Hebrews 13, 15. He says this, Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips that confess his name. He's like, continually, let what comes out of my mouth in your mouth, let it continually be one that you would go, hold on a minute. That is the praise of Jesus. That's the, they're grateful for God. What, what's coming out is the product of God, not the product of man. Let us continually do that. Is that a higher calling for you? It is for me, man. I hear about that. I'm going, wow. Then I remember you will be judged by every careless word that comes out of our mouth. Wow. Wow. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. He says, but this is what this is. Hebrews 13, 15 says, this is actually fruit. This is what's produced is this. What comes out of our mouths is, and Jesus taught that. He says, you know, whatever's inside of me and you is what comes out. All right. Like this, this, we've got it. These two have to equal each other. The better thing is probably to reverse engineer this, okay? So going, okay, hey, you know what? At work, I'm known as a complainer. You know what? At, um, at, when I go to uh, take my break, I'm known as a gossip. When I, when I go and do this, I don't love people. People would never say that I'm known for loving people uh, in my classes. My teachers would never say that I love them. In fact, everybody would know that I hate my teachers, Okay? Then write all that down and you've just answered who Jesus is. Jesus is nothing. Jesus is a figment of your imagination. Jesus is not worth following. That's the message, okay? That's why this is so important because the world is listening. Is Je- really how is he going to do that? And and is it what kind of language is he going to use? And how is he going to treat people? And how is he going to love people? And how is he going to and, and all of those things how we live answers this question. Jesus is not worth it. Is that it? I don't think there's a soul in here that would say, that's what I want. Jesus is love, Lord, King, Messiah, the fullness. Jesus is life. Jesus is the, the good shepherd. Jesus is all of these amazing and awesome things. And it says, here's the deal is, is, is that what comes out of us will show that answer, okay? Um, it's interesting. We love Galatians 5, fruits of the Spirit. It is <laughs> love. right? We sing the song, right? If a product of the Holy Spirit inside of us is that, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness, then he's saying that, that our lives, the Holy Spirit produces those things. Lipes, uh, lips and lives. I just put those two together. That's a new word. You can put that down. Hashtag <laughs> lives. <laughs> okay. That's going viral in a good way. Okay. But, um, but yeah, exactly. Uh, but so anyway, it's, it's what is my life producing and what am I saying? What's being produced out of my mouth? And there's three things. There's this, there's this little thing that, that I've kind of invented here. Not really. Okay, it's triangle, right? But, but here's the interesting thing. This is the, this is the stuff I got to do in the secret place every day. Okay? The, those three things, that's what happens inside in the morning studying, praying, and obeying. Those three things, and you know what they do? They make this cycle up. Because the more I learn about Jesus, See, here's what's cool about it is They didn't have as much as we do. But when Jesus says, I came and I fulfilled everything, we we can connect the dots from Genesis to Revelation and learn about Jesus. We can learn all about who God said he was going to be and how he came to be and where he was coming and his heart and his motives and his purpose. And we have this entire Bible to dig into every single day. And the more I study, the more I pray. Okay, because here's the thing is, is it's hard. To follow Jesus. It's hard to get my heart behind following Jesus. Like, I've got to pray to to him for help. I've got to praise him in my prayer. Like, thank you for this. The more I study, the more this happens. And the more I study, the more I see that, you want to know what Jesus is going, Keith? You're going to have to obey. Like, I see that over and over and over again in his gospels. It's like, I'm teaching you something to go and practice. And you know what's really interesting about obedience is, is? Oftentimes, when I'm having a quiet time and I write down what is, what am I being called to obey? And I write that down and I obey it that day and I pray about it and I follow the Holy Spirit and I obey it. Almost exclusively, I understand something about Jesus I didn't understand before. I understand something different. Okay, like in theory, when somebody says, hey, go out and proclaim the gospel. I go, wow, that's kind of scary and weird and. And, and how do you do that? Not be kind of like goofy and all those kind of things. And then when you pray and you study and you study how Jesus did it and you got into the world and, and you're praying that God sends you somebody that's going to be open to the gospel. And then you proclaim the good news in your life. How many times do you go? Oh, wow. That, I get it. Like I see how that works right there. That's, that's awesome. Wow. I mean, that was, that was great. I mean, that, we talked about things and, and, and it spurred them on. When it comes to just, this is kind of the thing that unfortunately has worked its way into Christianity as an acceptable thing, but just sexuality and pornography. Like, like I feel that we're okay with struggle and not the repentance. <laughs> like, like, it's almost a badge of honor to go, man, I'm really struggling with this. Instead of going, hold on a minute, we have the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is Lord, then there can be complete transformation. I can believe that with, with everything that's in me, okay? But the thing about it is, is, is um, when I obey Jesus and say no to what my body's telling me to do, everything changes. It's an understanding. Oh, wow, he's just not trying to give me like some list of do's and don'ts, right? He's actually teaching me how to love people. And sin clouds us, right? And everything about sexual sin, everything about it is about not loving someone else. And we've been trained by it in our world that it's about not loving people. It's about exploiting people. It's about abusing people. It's about using people for our own pleasure and Jesus is going, hold on a minute. When you obey me, and I know it's hard to do it, but I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. When you obey me, you're going to see it clearly. You're going to go, oh, wow. This is about learning how to love people. Obedience, this is huge right here. It's not just about studying prayer. It's about obedience right here, too. And you want to know what? When obedience is hard, do you know what we have to do? Pray. It's this, this right here is this, this is all, this is the root. This is the secret place. This is us going there and let me study. Let me learn about Jesus. Let me pray faithfully. All right. And God, what do you want me to do? And I will obey it like right now. All right. And if I'm not there, I will keep praying until I'm there. All right. This is this entirety of what he's teaching this right here. Now it's on to Jerusalem. Now it's on to Jerusalem. Now it's like, guys, we're basically spending the last little bit of time together. And you're still going to see some amazing things. And it's going to be really awesome. all right. But I've just told you everything. I've told you something that's going to make you sad right now. And it's going to make you scared right now. And the truth of the matter is, is you don't know what the cross and the resurrection should a little bit. I'm going, man, okay. Because it's not that we have to live through it, but it's the idea of because of it, we get to live. Right, It's that idea of, oh my goodness, you mean that's what it was? You mean that's why I get to go confidently in front of God? You mean because Jesus just kind of bared his heart and said, no, I'm going to do this. And don't please don't tempt me not to do this. Because can you imagine the knowledge of Jesus, of him thinking about you today and going, no, no, no. No, Juliana needs to go confidently in front of God. And Brent needs to go. He needs to take his family confidently in front of God. And Ryan in India, they need to confident, they've got to do it. Please don't tempt me away from God's will. All right. How much did, you, did we learn just from this one chapter about what Jesus was calling us to follow? Anyone who will come after me must deny himself. Is to go, hold on a minute. There are things I want, but let me be more concerned about what God wants. Let me be more concerned about that, and I'll let God take care of everything else let me love like he loved because he loves us so much he won't even let us talk about it dying that's how much he loves people he doesn't even that aren't even on the earth right now who is jesus we've got to answer this but we've got to take inventory of this here's the truth To not go away and do this, to not go away and take inventory, to not take a good inventory. Like, go through, map out your day, take an inventory. What are you known for in those places, okay? And be honest and then go, hold on a minute, this is what I'm telling people Jesus is, okay? And then we've got to repent, all right? To not take this seriously. After Jesus, we just learned that he said, no, I'm going to suffer for you. Like, I'm going to die for you. For us to go, nah, I'm not taking inventory on that could you imagine the pain that would feel for you to confess something that you were going to sacrifice everything you had for somebody and they didn't care? Could you imagine how much that would hurt? Can you imagine the pain, the rejection that that would feel like to do that? And here's the thing is, is we get this opportunity to go back and, hold on a minute, let me check out what I'm doing. Let me check out. I love this one statement right here. Uh, John Piper says this often he says is my goal to make much of God or is my goal for God to make much of me It, it goes right into this right here because if the idea if I really feel like Jesus is here to make much of me and to give me lots of money and give me lots of prestige and give me lots of stuff okay then I'm gonna I'm gonna not go about this in a way that's really gonna be real But if it's this idea of God has put us down here, he has given us his gospel. He says, I'm going to pour it all out for you. So when you go out and people see who I am to you and what comes out of your mouth and what comes out of your life is what it is, then people are going to go, man, that person is making much of God because he's awesome, because he's worth it, because he's worth following beyond everything else. All right. And so, again, this this is the thing. This week, Jesus is what? We're going to fill in the blank. But let's figure out what we're filling it in with. Amen. We're going to take our communion now, and again, we're going to have a time to just talk and discuss and, and, and really think, okay, hey, wow, what is that thing? What do I, man, we're, we're here remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We've just heard him, again, remind us of his love. It's not a condemnation. It's a love. It's a no come here, be with me, but follow me. Um, and then, you know, he gave a really significant commandment. Any one of us, anyone anywhere who will come after me must deny himself, take up his cross. That means we go on the cross. We die. And follow him.